Hello and welcome to today's episode of Tara Talks. Today's episode is a little bit different. If you've hung around here long enough or you've seen any of my content online, you will know that you can get high vibe, you can get positives, you can get amazing things, inspiration, value, facts, tips, all the things that can help you really create your own dream life and dream business. But today's episode is a little bit different. So I've actually been asked to do this episode by one of my clients and it's an episode about grief. Now you may or may not know or be aware that in August and September I faced really hard and really extreme grief. God, I can feel it in my voice already. Um, They were two of the hardest months of my life. They were two months where I wanted to give everything up, where I didn't give a fuck about anything, where I wanted to hide away, where I cried so much it's unreal. And they were just two of the hardest months. August started really, really well. It started really strong. The weather was amazing, which always makes me so happy. It was so hot. I was absolutely loving it. And I set myself a challenge in August to go live every single day on my social media. So whether it was on my Facebook, on my Instagram, made no difference. I was going to go live every single day. Now, on the, I think it was the 7th of August, I had to go see my grandpa in hospital. He had been quite unwell um, and we were kind of recommended to go in and see him. So I went in to see him and that was really, really hard to see him so frail and just not him, just not his charm, not his personality, not his bubbliness, just not him anymore. And that was really, really horrible and sad and hard and all of the things. Then on Monday, the 8th of August, I was actually up at Stoneley uh, in Warwickshire at an event. So I was helping my sister with her photography business. Um, And it was, again, it was a gorgeous hot sunny day. I remember the day so vividly. And I had a call from my mum early afternoon who told me that my grandpa had very sadly passed away. He was 91, I think, or 92, nearly 92. Um, phenomenal age. And until so recently, he was still so with it, so vibrant, so passionate, so active. He had a great way of telling stories. He was really switched on when it came to tech. He had an iPad, he did online banking. Like he was so with it, it was unreal. So that really, really, really knocked us. Um, I While I was on the phone to my mum, she said, can you put jazz on? So I gave my sister the phone and she then heard, obviously, what, what I had just found out. Now, that night, I actually stayed up there with her. I had planned to come home, but I actually stayed up there with her. I then drove back home on the Tuesday um, and I was then driving back up to Stony on the Wednesday morning. And on the Wednesday morning, one of my friends, Camilla, rang me to tell me that our friend, also called Camilla, had been killed um, tragically in a car, in a traffic accident. And I just remember, I had my hands free on my car. I was going around a roundabout in Sirencester. And I just remember just feeling like numb. Like I could not actually believe what I was hearing. Um, And we stayed on the phone for maybe 10 minutes or so, just not really saying many words and I kept driving and I kept going to to Stoneley and I pulled over and I rang my mum to tell her because you know we've we had known Camilla for 20 plus years you know she was a pony club friend when I was younger I've known her for so long my mum's really good friends with her mum so I rang my mum to tell her and she couldn't believe it either she said are you okay to still drive to Stoneley like 
go home if you feel it's better for you. I said, no, no, honestly, I want to keep busy. I want to go up there. So I got to Stonely, told my sister, who again was absolutely devastated. And that whole day was just a bit of a blur. Now, at this time, the UK had been so hot and so dry and there were fires everywhere. So later that day, I then hear from Si, my husband, to say that the combine is on fire. And I just remember being in this state of sheer stress and panic and I could feel the stress in my body and even just talking about this now I can almost feel those feelings coming back into my body so that night I drove home Um, my sister was going back to her house I came back to Leighton and drove home and I think the next day it kind of really hit me that I had lost two such incredible valued people that I have known for so long like obviously my grandpa I've known him for 33 years and my friend I had known her for 20 or more years so to suddenly not have those two people in my life it hit me like a fucking ton of bricks and I just remember clearing my diary I was like I can't I can't do anything I can't go in my emails I can't I genuinely couldn't do anything like my brain wouldn't even work Like if I was to try and open my laptop and go into my emails, it was like my brain would not let me type in Gmail. It just, it just would not work. And I just remember for weeks and weeks feeling so unbelievably low. Just, I've never felt that low in my life. And it was so horrendous. And I think what made it really worse was that there was a month between when they both passed away and both of their funerals. And that was the longest month of my life. Now, in the back of my mind, before I knew the funeral dates, I was suddenly thinking, well, what if they clash? I can't miss either of these funerals. And I text um, Camilla's sister, Annabelle, and I said, my grandpa's funeral is this date. If there's any chance that Camilla's could please not be that date, I really want to go. And luckily, weird way to use that word they didn't clash one was on the Friday my grandpa's was the Friday um the 9th of September and then Camilla's was the Tuesday after but that month between losing them and the funerals was absolutely horrendous like I genuinely felt so low I didn't know how I would ever feel normal quote-unquote normal better happy high vibe I I genuinely didn't give a fuck about anything And I didn't see how I would ever feel better again. Like I genuinely did not think I would ever feel like me again. And that was really hard. Like I just felt myself fading away. I did nothing. I just laid on the sofa. I lived on LucasAid because I couldn't eat anything. I lived on LucasAid in the morning and in the day. And then in the evening, I would just have wine. I had no appetite. I didn't want to do anything. And I found it really, really hard to try and put on a brave face. And I remember two of my friends coming round. Um, they literally put around for like an hour. And I tried so hard to just put on this brave, smiley, positive front. And then when they left again, and I was just straight back down to just being, like, I just felt so depressed. And I just kind of felt like this was currently, this was going to be my reality. Now, once the funerals had happened, I would say I bounced back quite quickly. And I remember a point in early October when I did a live um, virtual workshop week in my Facebook group. And I just remember feeling like me again. And it was the weirdest thing because it felt like, because I suddenly felt like me again, it felt like the grief phase hadn't happened. 
it felt like I couldn't have possibly have felt as low as I did. Like maybe I made it up in my head. Like how did I feel that low? And now I felt fucking amazing. It it just, it, it felt so disjointed. Like it genuinely didn't feel like the low feeling that I felt was real. Now, one thing that was quite not interesting as such, but that kind of helped me during the really low phase was some of my clients and some of my followers reached out and shared how they had handled things. I have lost friends in the past. I've lost family members in the past. I have never felt a feeling like that in my life. And I swear to God, I hope I never do again. And I hope none of you ever do either. And one person, um, one of my amazing clients, Lou, she shared with me um, a really interesting story about grief. And she said, when you are in the thick of grief, it's like you're in this box and you're bouncing around this box and there's a ball in that box that is the grief ball. And that ball is so big that it it like takes over everything. It's always there. You can't miss it. You can't get rid of it. Like it's just always there. So the tiniest thing happens or you try and have some lunch or you get in your car or you try and fall asleep. Like every single action and activity that you do throughout your day, it's like it hits this grief ball. Like this grief ball is constantly whacking into you. You can't even get through five minutes without this grief ball hitting you in the face and literally trying to knock you out. And she shared that over time, that grief ball gets a little bit smaller. So as you're going about your day-to-day life, that grief ball gets a little bit smaller so that it isn't trying to whack you over the head every single minute of every single day. And that made a huge amount of sense because at the beginning, in the first couple of weeks, it felt all-encompassing. Like, just, it was just there. There was nothing else. I felt unbelievably low and unbelievably numb and unbelievably sad. And it genuinely felt like I couldn't feel anything else. So that was a really interesting way of actually looking at grief and how it affects you. Now, one thing that I have realised is that it does affect everybody completely differently. Every single person has their their own unique experience of grief. And there is no right or wrong. There is no time frame on it. There is no way to handle it or manage it. You know, I've got the best mindset and I'm, I'm a lover of a morning routine. And at the time, my mindset felt fucked and I was absolutely categorically not doing my gratitudes each day because my brain wouldn't allow it. it. It still had so much to process and to work through. It genuinely would not allow it. Now, one of the things that I think worked really well for me was actually just giving myself time. I cancelled or I postponed all of my calls. So I had mastermind calls. I had... Um, I was running a mindset program at the time. I pus- pushed all the calls back for that because I really respect and value my clients' time, their financial investment, their energy, and I want to show up at my absolute best. You know, whether somebody's invested £111 for something or 12 grand into a mastermind, I respect their money and their energy and their time so fucking much. I was like, I can't show up when I'm not 100% me. So I cleared my diary Rebecca, my assistant, was absolutely amazing throughout. There were times I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether I should clear my diary or not. And she suggested that I did because she could obviously just sense that I wasn't 100% in the game. And she was amazing. And that really helped giving myself that time and not forcing things. 
Now, one thing that was really um, a difficult decision I had to make was to push my retreat back. So I was meant to hold my seventh retreat on the 22nd of September. And I would say it was the very beginning of September when I was still feeling really low. My mindset and mental health was absolutely fucked, quite frankly. And I just remember I just would just cry so much. And I had lost all of my inner strength. I had lost all of my resilience. I lost my love for what I did. Like I genuinely didn't give a fuck about anything which breaks my heart to say, because I love my business, I love my work, I love my clients so much, and I just lost that, completely lost it. So I remember one Friday morning saying to Sai, I really think I need to push my retreat back. And he just gave me a hug and he said, you know, you've got to do what's best for you. And he sort of agreed that that would be the best thing to do in the circumstances. So I sent a very heartfelt, very genuine, very honest email to the retreat uh, venue owner to our private chef and then to the clients that were coming. And that was really hard. You know, we had one lady traveling from Germany. She had booked her flights. It was the first time that I was going to be meeting her. And I had to send her an email and say, I'm really sorry, but I've got to push it back. So that was really difficult. That was a really difficult call to make. You know, people have booked time off work. They've made plans for their children, for their dogs, their horses, their pets to come and be away at that retreat with me for two days. So I know how much goes into somebody sorting their life out for two days. Like if I'm away for two days, the amount of things I've got to do to sort everything before I go is ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. So to send that email was really honestly one of the hardest things. And I sent it, I press send, and then I just cried my fucking heart out because I felt like I was being weak. I felt like I was just giving in. I felt like, you know, surely me with the like epic mindset, I should be able to just snap myself out of this. And I just couldn't. Like, I absolutely just couldn't. So that was a really, really hard thing. What I will say is, in November of this year, we held the postponed retreat. Um, a couple of extra ladies were able to join the November date who couldn't join September. And it was phenomenal. Honestly, that retreat was amazing. All of the ladies that came to that one had been to one before and they all said it was the best retreat they've ever been to. And that was just so nice to hear, knowing that it was only happening in November because of that awful, awful time when I wanted to burn everything to the ground and give up and just be a hermit and go and live on a desert island somewhere where I don't have to see anyone or speak to anyone. (laughs) I mean, that sounded really quite appealing. So... That was a really difficult thing. But again, I knew that I had to put myself first, which is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do as women, as business owners, as people that are so passionate about our clients and the work that we do and how we get to help people. Like putting yourself first is the hardest thing to do. We're we're so much better at putting everybody else above us, everybody else in front of us. So to actually do that was really, really, really difficult. Now, When I started to come out the other side, I started to kind of see this as like a real reset. I started to think like long and hard about what I really wanted to do. I started to think about how I wanted to live my life. I started to think about how I could bring more fun into my life because there was a moment back in September that I realised I'm just working all the time. Like I, I don't have as much fun in my life as I would really like to. So that was a really good time and opportunity for me to start thinking about 
actually prioritizing fun time, self-care time, doing things that really lit me up, you know, going for like nice days out with my girlfriends. So it was really quite nice to kind of come out of the other side and have that almost as like a, a time to rethink things. And there's so many exciting things that are coming out in the pipeline. We're going to have a rebrand. Like there's so many things coming that actually all came off the back of that that time, that really, really shitty time. And if it taught me anything, it's that no matter how fucking low you get, you can always bounce back. And I think that's something we all need to hear. Like, I have been through some tough times in my life. But I think that time nearly fucking killed me, to be really honest. And if I can then go through that, feel as low as I did, want to give everything up, want to burn everything to the ground, want to go and hibernate or run away and hide and just never deal with life again or speak to people again. And I can then, in October, host a live workshop week in my Facebook group welcome amazing new clients into the Blini Mastermind, welcome amazing new one-to-one clients, go through November, client results are absolutely on fire, clients are crushing it, November was amazing for me, did an epic Black Friday, December started really strong, but honestly a couple of months ago I just didn't give a fuck about any of it and wanted to burn it all to the ground. So this is just your little reminder that if you're going through a tough time, whether it's grief or not, Things will get better. Things always get better. And you will be able to look back on that time with so much kindness for yourself, with so much pride knowing that you actually just got through this time when it would have been so much easier to just throw it all away, burn it all down. So if you're going through a tough time, you've got this. You will get through this. It might not feel like it right now. You might not know how you're going to get through it, but you will always get through everything life throws at you. We always have everything within us to get through whatever life throws at us, even when it doesn't feel like we will, even when you don't know how you're going to cope, even when you don't know what tomorrow is going to look like or how you're even going to get through tomorrow. You will and you will come out so much stronger the other side. You will get so many amazing things from that really difficult time. You know, my friendships with some of my friends are closer than they've ever been. And it's so sad that that is because I lost a really good friend. But if there can be a teeny tiny learning out of this, life's short, fucking enjoy it. Do the thing that scares you. Invest in the thing, buy the thing, do the thing. Go on the fucking holiday, set up the business. Life is too short. It really is too short. We never know what's next. We never know when our time might be up. And my biggest regret would be being the girl that had the chance that didn't go for it. Oh, don't know where that came from. <laughs> so please trust yourself. If you've got this dream, if you've got this vision, trust yourself to go for it. Trust yourself to do whatever it takes to create your dream life. And honestly, whether you're going through a tough time or grief or whatever it is, just go with it. Let yourself have time. Let yourself figure things out. Don't put the pressure on yourself. And it will all get better and it will all figure itself out and everything will be perfect. There is no one size fits all when it comes to grief. Every single person's journey is different. Every single person processes things differently. There's no time frame on it. There's no, this is how you should feel. 
And what is really, I don't know if it's strange or what really, but a couple of months down the line, something might just knock you and that's normal. And you'll still be fine and it's normal to cry. It's normal to feel the feelings. But just because you might feel a little bit better at the other side, it doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you've forgotten that person, but you're just bouncing back. And if something knocks you off kilter again, it's fine. It is what it is. I hope that helps. Even if there's a tiny piece from that that can help you if you're, you know, going through grief. If you know somebody that is going through something and this might help them, please do share it with them. It's an awful thing. It really is awful. We get through it. We learn to maybe love a bit more through it. And then one day you can share how you coped and how you got through it with one of your friends or contacts or clients and know that maybe it could just help somebody. Thank you so much for listening. Next, excuse me, next uh, week's podcast will be much more high vibe again. I promise you that. But thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. To my client that requested this episode, thank you because I think it really was needed. So thank you for giving me a little nudge. And yeah, thank you so much for listening to the show. And I will see you next week for another episode of Tara Talks. Take care and have an amazing rest of your day.